So we spoke last time about <coughs> the mitzvah of kibbutz. Kibbutz, and that is, we broke covered into three steps. Covered is the response to somebody who you look up to, you rely on, and you trust. And we spoke a little bit about the first three steps, and that is how to build that sense that your children can feel that, number one, they can rely on you. Number two, that they can trust you. Rely on you means that you want to help them trust you. Like we said in the context, that you're there for them, that you're protecting them. And the lastly, that they look up to you. It's not like an equal, if they feel like a friend, but they look up to you in the fact that they will take direction or take advice. Now, we spoke only the first three stages, which is when they get to small children, but as I said, we're going to come back to it and develop it as we talk about older ages. But what I want to talk about tonight is the second part of the mitzvah of Kibbutz, which is the mitzvah of Yira. What we spoke about is the second chedek of the Torah's tzivui, and that's where the Torah says, Ish tziro. That a child is mechuyev to have a sense of reverence, a yira. I'm not translating that as fear, I'm translating it as reverence, because fear has a negative connotation, as in yira sa'onesh, or yira of punishment. Here we're talking about reverence, and we'll talk about that, what it means in a moment, and why is it necessary for the child to have that feeling. And Rashi says, that a child naturally has more yira for his father than his mother, which is why when the Torah brings the Pasuk, the Tzivu, it brings the mother first. Ish imoi v'aviv tiro, to say that they're both equal. Why would a person have more yira for his father naturally? Rashi says, His father teaches him Torah, and therefore there's more of a natural reverence. <coughs> now what does that mean? Why does teaching Torah have to be something which inspires reverence? Because that's what I'm going back to what I said before. The gather of the year of a parent isn't the year of Sa'inish. That I'm scared that someone's going to punish me. A relationship which, with another person which is built in year of Sa'inish isn't a productive relationship. On the contrary. The fact that I feel someone wants to punish me is going to make me run away from them. Because that way I can avoid punishment. By Hashem, there is a man in Yerusha Oynesh because by Hashem, there isn't a possibility of running away from him. So, by Hashem, on the one hand, there's a, there's a mile of Yerusha Oynesh as a deterrent, and it has no negative side because you can't avoid it. Mashiach by a person, Yerusha Oynesh is always a problem. It's never healthy for a, for a relationship, and the reason is, is because something I'm afraid of, if I can avoid, I will. And a person I can avoid. I definitely don't have to own up to them. I definitely can assume they won't know everything. And if they don't know something, I'm definitely not going to be the one to tell them. And therefore, like I said, in relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, plays a part. In relationship to another person, Yerush HaOynesh is, never, is ne- never a positive thing. It just works to damage the relationship. Or, if someone feels that way, they're going to try and avoid me. They're going to try to go behind my back. They're going to try not to own up to me because they're scared of what's going to happen. And that's not the kind of relationship we want to develop with our children. On the contrary, the fact that they can successfully avoid us or outsmart us isn't something we want We want them to practice doing and very much reduces our 
you know, how effective we can be as parents. So therefore, what's the right definition for the year that a child's meant to fulfill to his parents, which is very similar to the year when it's talking about the year of a Talmud Chachum, that a person meant to fulfill to his Rav. And we're talking about the same sense of reverence, not a sense of fear. And where does the reverence come from? And the answer is, when I see somebody who's better than I am, in whatever field it is, I naturally look up to them. And if I see that this is something that they they <coughs> good at, they even I'd say more than that, they're superior in, they're excellent in. So in this field, I consider them somebody that is way more advanced than I am, way more experienced than I am, and therefore something natural is a natural reverence, is a natural sense of I'm going to look up to, I'm going to take the cognizance of their opinion on this on this topic because it's something which. I see that there's something that they they specialize in. Now, why is it called why do I call it Yura as opposed to COVID? The definition of a, the difference between a middle which is a Yura based middle or COVID middle. So like we said last time we spoke about COVID. COVID means a a feeling of wanting to be like somebody. Wanting to connect to them. I can connect to somebody as an equal. I, connect to, I can connect to somebody who I feel I'm, I'm above them and therefore I connect to them to help them. Or I can connect to somebody who I feel is above me and therefore I connect to them in order to be able to gain from them. And therefore COVID is just a means of connection. When I Somebody I want to learn from, somebody I want to take advice from. So COVID is really in the family of middles of Ava, of closeness. It's just, as opposed to a closeness between equals, when I want to be close to somebody who I, who's, I consider higher than me, so the way I do that is by being mechabit. It's the closeness which it's the closeness to somebody who I consider above me. So what's here? What's the second kind of middle? What we call reverence. Is someone I see as on a different level to me. And therefore, uh, the the interaction <coughs> between us is going to be the interaction between us is going to be that this is somebody I look up to a lot, right? I put him on a pedestal, so to speak, in a certain sense and therefore in that sense I'm going to uh, so to speak, revattle myself to him this is his field this is his expertise this is the area where I, he knows much more than I do okay so then if I, I consider that to be so to speak, not something which is like I can here's his opinion, I have mine, or whatever it is. It's something which I we made I see as much better and I want to learn from. How does this negate to a parent? Or to a rough for that matter. So Rukhaim Shmulevit is always to say that the person's Makaim this mitzvah of Ish Iva when he notices the area where he considers his parents to be exceptional. If a parent, if a, let's look at the child's perspective first, then we'll go to the other perspective, which is for us as children. After our children, I mean, for us as parents to our children. So look at the child's perspective first. If a per, if, how does a child look at his father? If he considers his father to be an average kind of person, like everybody else, nothing special about him. Um, no, he does what everybody does. He acts like everyone acts. 
considers himself, he considers his father to be completely regular. No, doesn't see his uniqueness in any way. It's going to be very hard to feel that sense of reverence for him. Because he doesn't see in what way he's special. In what way is he something, something which is, so to speak, I look up to as being something that I'm not, or something which I see most people are not, and he's special in that area. If a, if a child can see some area where his father is really unique, that's a lot of people who have their skills or their the, the areas where they put a lot more effort or a lot more of their abilities into, and in that area they're unique. So, the Chaim is always to say, in that area, a child can look kind of mitzvah tiro, because in that sense, you can see his father as being somebody who's on a, on a level which most people aren't. And let me know what I mean. It doesn't mean, if obviously, if your father happens to be the god Ladar, then it's easy. And it doesn't mean that everybody whose father isn't the god Ladar can't be in the midst of here. One has to, used to say, one has to look for the area where in that area a person's father is unique. And unique doesn't have to be the best in the door, but it means like some, it's something which is very rare, something which is a tremendous matter which most people don't have. And it's something to look up to. So, for example, it doesn't have to be Yedias Karatayra, it doesn't have to be the fact that he has a, a, a tremendous amount of influence in the Jewish world, it could be something much smaller than that. But wherever a person sees an area where the, he feels his father has a specific mind, whether it's his akpada in mitzvahs, whether it's his chesed, whether it's his dedication to Torah, to Tfilet, or any other point it's going to be. Whatever there's a point that a person feels or sees a specific mailer by his parents, and it's a mailer which he respects. <coughs> that's the case, that's what brings a sense of year. Again, it's not fear. It's not I'm scared of him because of it. It's I, I, something of reverence. It's something which I hold him in esteem for. There's a story told about the Maril Diskin. And he said he always considered his father, Binyamin Diskin, to be a tremendous tzaddik, which Binyamin Diskin was, he was a Talmud of the Chaim Velazhna, and he was, he was one of the G'dayim of his dar. He said, but he only felt this sense of Yira when the following story happened. Maril Diskin, Kiyadur, was an absolute genius. From the age of nine, no one could teach him. So he used to sit by his father's base medrash and sit and learn all day. And anyone, anytime someone brought a child to his father, who was the rabbi of the town, he used to go in and listen and, and hear from how his father passed it. So the, the Mariel tells a story that one day uh, a yid came from the town carrying a bundle in his arms, crying, and he asked the boy, he was in the message, can I go speak to the rabbi? So Rabbi Shalev, who was then a little kid, asks him, why are you crying? What are you carrying? So he said he had a, there was a, there was a fire in their town in the shul, and the shul burned down, including the Sefer Torah. And he brought, back, he brought with him the remains of the Sefer Torah to ask what to do with it. And he unwrapped it in the... And uh, he saw the burnt parchments of the Sefer Torah. So obviously, it's sort of a very important child, so he takes his, the visitor into his father's study. So Ramariel told of the story. He said when his father, the Rebbe looked up and he saw the man there, and he saw the burnt Sefer Torah, he fainted on the spot. Sevatora got burnt, he fainted on the spot. And when they managed to revive him, when he saw Sevatora again, he fainted again. Until it took a long time until they could like revive him, he could regain his composure and think about the question. And Mariel said years later, he said that's when he learned how to, feel, how to have reverence for his father. He saw how the covered Torah of his father was on a completely different level to his. He said, of course, he also felt hurt when he saw a burnt Sevatora. But to have such a reaction that on the spot you see a Sevatora burn, the person faints and can't. 
can't recover so easily. But he said then he saw a uniqueness which he didn't, which was a way above his level, and that's when he learned this musuk of Yira. And it's like a true, because when it came to Godless and Torah, the Maril was also a great in Torah. He was probably as a genius, he was probably as much of a genius as his father was. But that's in the good. The Chaim Shalans used to say, a person has to look for the areas where his parents are unique. Because that's the area where he's going to look up to. If a person can see a specific mile in a parent, something unique, something special. He says, wow, there's, something I can, there's somebody I can learn from here. And why is that important? Why is that important? Because in order to be able to accept from somebody, in order to be able to accept from someone, so then I have to see them in a way where they're in a position to be able to give to me. And when I consider somebody way above me, so then that's machshir, that prepares, so to speak, the emotional readiness to accept from them. And that's how we understand very well, as I'll say, that the reason why the Torah puts the mother first is because it's more difficult. The Timotheus in the world, I don't have to give rationales and explanations. The Matthias in the world is, normally, a person will see in his father something unique, a certain kayak, a certain quality, a certain character, and it will be easier for him to be able to look up to that and respect it. Uh, for, for his mother, one has to work a little bit harder to be able to <coughs> find uniqueness as well. That he, can, he can be Makai in the midst of a year there too. That's the Hakdama. Like I said, from the child's perspective. And that, by the way, the same thing applies to Torah. If you're in the yeshiva and there's every magachir has is different, so the magachir you don't really respect. Yeah, he's there, whatever, whatever. I don't really see him as being amazing in any way. I'll have a much more harder, much harder time being able to learn from him. Mashaenka and the magachir who are wow, I see that he's uh, something unique. Whether it's godless potato, whether it's godless pemidus, whether it's godless beiras hashem, it doesn't make a difference what. But I see there's something. Unique, something which is uh, there's no one else like that. So then, I, it prepares more the the ability that I have to know to be able to learn from him. Okay, that's the start. That's the first part. And now, Rabbi, let's talk what we're talking about, and that is our job as parents. And therefore, if our job as parents is to, in order to be able to, like Rashi says. In order to be the father who can train his son in Torah. And it's not just teaching him how to read Rashi or teaching him Halacha. That's more important than that. It's, it's in the, the ability to be able to give him a Torah. To transmit the values of Torah. And to, to hopefully a receptive audience. To a child who's willing to accept what we have to say. In order to do that. So there has to be some form of this idea of year we're speaking about now. And then that way, a child's able to accept from his parents. He naturally sees them as someone to accept from. And therefore, what a person needs to do is think about in what way, so to speak, am I making it easier for my children to be able to look up to me? Not because I want to tell them how great I am. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. What's the way for a child to see in his parents something which is worthy of admiration? Something which the child can look up to and respect, so to speak, and we may consider the the parents someone you can learn from. And like I said, it's it's not so easy because no one will ever gain anything by telling people, by the way, you should know what what my mailers are. 
you can't you can't highlight what you think your qualities are to other people that they're going to they say oh yes now now that you've told us what your mind is are we going to respect it doesn't work like that so what does it need what does it need so I'm going to talk about two or three metas <coughs> which is the way to show, to transmit this idea and I'm not giving anyone the advice in which way in what area to do it everyone has their strengths everyone has their the areas where they more drawn to or where they have more kaihas and everyone has to decide for themselves what their so to speak areas of strength is and or are and that's when they have to focus on making themselves unique because what I want to talk about instead is what's the mahalikh what's the process in developing a sense of whatever my strengths are that's what I'm going to work on so number one number one and this is Pashat but number one is consistency consistency if a person has a certain point that they're strong about a person is a certain khumr a person is a certain halakha that they're happy to keep properly what makes it something which is important or something which is people look up to is the fact that you always do it the fact that I always am holding by a certain level means it's a real level by me the fact that I sometimes do it and other times don't so that doesn't show I have a strength on the contrary it more shows a weakness because if you think it's important, why don't you do it the whole time? So, if as a father you think it's important to dive in properly, do you always dive in properly? If you think it's important to come to Shalom time and dive in like a mensch, you always do that? Or no, half the time you get up late and you chap around in the shtibla. Now, for yourself and for your cheshman and shemayim, that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about something different. Do you want your children to respect how you dive in? And if you want them to respect filler as a topic, and you as someone who governs properly, then it's only going to happen if you're consistent about it. Which means if you consider it important, you always do it. Because if you don't always do it, what you consider important, there's one or two things. Either it's not important, and that's why you aren't doing it, or you aren't doing what you're meant to do. It is important, but you're not doing what you're meant to do. And neither one's a good option. And therefore, Again, if, if that for me is something which is important, the way I show its importance, and the way other people look up to me by saying, wow, this person takes it seriously, is consistency. I always do it. And after the times where it's hard. And after the times where it's, uh, I, I, had, I would have good reason not to. But because I persevere, because I keep it up, that's when people see a minor. And I say, people, I'm not just talking about outsiders. That's where your children see a minor also. If you see a, if you want to promote the minor of Shemiris Eloshim, which is also a big minor. Okay. You want it to be a Metsias where your children respect you for that? And consider it something important. So then, are you always Makbid on it? Because if you're not, and when you want, when they talk Lashon Hara, you have lots to talk to them, you, have, you tell them off. But when you want to, you talk Lashon Hara, so they're going to know one or two things. Either it's not that important, or you aren't living by the mile you say it's important. <coughs> Again, either way around, there's a parent of your influence. Because if it's not an important mile, you don't keep it yourself, so then why should they listen to you that it is important? 
And if it is a ma'ala, but you're not doing it, so then like, who are you to tell us what to do, basically? You don't keep it yourself. I'm not saying they're going to word it in those words, but that's definitely the underlying feeling. Same thing goes for Asmada Patera. Same thing goes for Yerushalayim. Same thing goes for Shemir Sainayim. Same thing goes for Shabbos or any other ma'ala that you have in Yiddishkeit. Any other ma'ala you have in Yiddishkeit. You want your children to see that this is a th- something important and take it from you that, that, that it's important, then what they're going to see more strongly than anything you can say is how important it is to you. How important it is to you. How much of an effort do you make for that matter? And not on the once-off, on a consistent basis. If you're somebody who's never missed a minion, and your children can see, you feel well, you don't feel well. It's, 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 it's a vacation, it's a normal time of the year. It's pouring with rain, it's boiling hot. It doesn't make a difference when. Something you'll stick to always, then yes. When it comes to Nyanim of Tefillah, they'll look up to you. Because you have, they'll see that there's something serious about you. You have a real mind here. There's a story about the Kotzka Rebbe. I don't often tell Hasidic stories. Sorry, Barish. This one I want to say. Uh, I have a story of the Kotzka Rebbe that a certain father came to him <coughs> and said to him, he came to his little boy, and he said, I want the rabbit to give my son a bracha that he should grow up to be a Tommy Chacham. So the Kotzka Rebbe said, I can't do that. What I can do is, I can give him a bracha that he should come with his son and ask that he should be a Tommy Chacham. So the father said, my hi, what's the... So he said to him, he said, if you, your son's looking at you, and what he understands in Torah is what he sees by you, and therefore he sees your hashka, your efforts in Torah was to bring your son to the rabbi to get a bracha shabbat tamir chacham. He learned to do the same thing. What's the what's the chashivas You bring your son to the rabbi to get a bracha. So that I can give him a bracha for. You want him to be a tamir chacham. So then the way to do that is, you go and show yourself in learning. You become a tamir chacham. And if he sees from you that you don't waste time, and that wherever, wherever you're not doing something else, you have a safe open in front of you. And what's your, what's your, discuss, your discussion, your interest, Yemen Velayla is Torah, then he'll learn from that Hashivas to learn. But if, if all you, your Hashivas is to get brachas, to be a Talmud Chacham, he'll do the same thing. It's 100% true. It's 100% true. If you want to be Hashivas for something, so then what speaks louder than any drasha you can give, it makes more of an effect than any drush you can give. Is how important is it to you? If you show you makshiv something, so you're showing two things. Number one, this is something worth being makshiv. This is something which is important. And number two, you become the best person to do that because you you can see someone who has that mailer. You someone who is makshiv correctly. Because that's what you do. But if I'm going to contradict myself, and I'm going to say this is very important, of course you should do this, and I don't do it myself, so like I said, I, then I lose my effectiveness as a mechanic. Because either it's not really important, because you see you end up to that standard, or if it is, you're the wrong person to talk about it, because you aren't keeping it. Now, I'm not saying that every father has to be a Sadiq Shalem, even though that would be nice. We want our children, let me answer two points. We want our children to be better than us, the Hainu, 
We want them to go further than, than we went. But we want to give them the chinuch that they go in the right direction. And like I said, the best way to be, to provide that is to be the role model for them to learn from what's important. Now, again, like I said, I was busy saying, not every father is perfect. We've all got our weaknesses, we've all got our mistakes. We've all got the hurdle of things we do wrong. If it's not for, if we didn't do it for ourselves, then maybe the best catalyst for us to try and be better is to save us our children. Because at least we'll present them with a good role model to learn from. But, it's still a big avoider. Let's start with something easier. Let's start with something easier. And that is, like I said, everybody has their minus. And everybody has those in your which speak to them. I gave three or four examples already, whether it's Torah, whether it's Tefillah, whether it's Travis, whether it's Rishadashim, but there are many more. Whether it's Chesed, whether it's Achnas Asarchim, or any, whether it's Hakpada uh, in Talis, Tefillah, whatever other mitzvah might be. <coughs> That's not the point. The Nukoda is, start with the points that you're good at. The points which stuck are important to you, and you do make an effort for. Because that's where, always, where the, the areas where a person naturally is strong is are easier areas for him to excel in than areas where he has to improve. Revolver that's always sustained, it's 100% the true point. A person has to work on two different fronts, on his personal avoid in life. The one is to correct the areas where he's weak. It's a big avoider, whether it's his midras, whether it's those things which he finds very hard to do. It's a big avoider to correct the areas where a person is weak. But there's a second avoider also. And that is, look for the areas where you're strong and make them excellent. Hashem didn't just give you chesronis which you need to fix. Hashem gave you minus which you need to perfect. And therefore, yes, there's a chalik and avoider in looking for those areas where I feel I have weaknesses and working on that. There's a chalik and avoider in looking for those areas where I am strong, which are my good points. But it shouldn't just stand be a good point. It's a good point which I make even better, which I work to perfect. And if I'm going to be a mechanic, then I'd rather start with being mechanic on the points where you're naturally strong. Because that's the area where it's easier for me to mechanic. Because I naturally have a feeling for it. I naturally have an importance in it. And I can actually show people that, I'm, that, that it's important because I, that I could do it. And I want to tell you something. The strongest tool in Chinuch, I heard this from Mishan Revelyashev also. The strongest tool in Chinuch is the fact that the father takes something seriously. Because we're going to talk about this tool, and that is imparting values. It's a different system to teaching. Imparting values. What's important? And the best way to impart values is what are your values? Something which is clear to see that you hold it's very important, your children see that too. Your children see that too. You don't have to ask them to do it. You don't have to encourage them to follow in what, you, what you consider a mile. It becomes kimat part of the genetics of the family. If that's the mile, then we mile that your children identify with that mile too. This is our father's mile. And if that's the case, it will become their value also. Of course, it's trying to mess things up, but naturally it will become their value also. <coughs> because part of the, that's, we're going to talk about one of the stories of Chinuch, is the fact of what I see as a mailer by my, my parents, so I consider a mailer. 
I mean, once that's once in my worldview, that's a mile, I'm going to work on it also. I'm going to follow the same mahala. Let me tell you, just for two minutes, the Pshat and the Chazal, which brings us out. The Gemara says in Bavakama, the Gemara is talking about Nechun Yechayf Shekhin. There was a big fadik uh, at the time, the second base Hamikdash, and he took on himself to dig wells of water for the Eider Aganim. They should never go thirsty. And the Gemara says that once his daughter fell into one of the wells, and they ran to Rechanina bin Daisa. And Rechanina bin Daisa said that she's alive. She's coming, she, and then he said, she came out of the well. He said, how do you know? You're a Navi? He said, no, but I knew there's a principle. That Davish and Something that Sadiq worked hard to do, his children won't be nechshal in it. And therefore, if he worked to build the world, well, wells of water so that the other God should have water to drink, it's inconceivable that his daughter would drown in one of those wells. So Gemara says, Tana, that afterwards, the later stage, his son died of thirst. And all the questions was the question. Well, it comes back to the question. Something that that Sadiq was mitstirin, that the other people should have water to drink, how could his son die of thirst? There are various answers to the question, I want to say one of them, and that is, his son died of thirst because his son didn't continue that hanhaga after his father died. When the Chunyach HaFashichin was the person who made sure no one would be thirsty, he dug wells and made sure everyone had water to drink, his son didn't be mamshich with that. And therefore, he was punished and he died of thirst. And the question is, why is it a, why does it deserve that punishment? Not everybody is mukhiyah to dig wells for the regarding. Not everybody is mukhiyah to provide free water. So why would he get punished for that? They didn't have his father's midas chasidus. They didn't have his father's uh, sense of responsibility for the holy drachim. Listen to the answer, Rabbi Isa. And the answer is yes, he was punished for that. Because it's not a khiyuf. It's true. It's not a khiyuf. But for somebody who grew up in a house with the father who that was his akpada, with the father that he put an effort into making sure the other got him have water, and he did it, and he was most nefesh for it. And that became a value which was of primary importance in the Khunya's house, then there's a tiny on his son wanting to carry it on. There's a tiny on the son wanting to carry it on. This was the value you grew up with. And that's something which is, should have been Mikhaif him too. We find this also by Ramavina. The same idea. One of the tanas on Yishmol was he didn't live up to the standards of Avram. And it's the same question. Avram was unique. And the answer is, Avram was unique. But Yishmol, you grew up in Avram's house. And if that's the case, you grew up with the, with the standards, so to speak. With the value system of Avram Avinu. That should have influenced you. And if that's the case, if a, a person doesn't live up to that expectation is a tiny on him. Now I'm not saying the negative side. I'm trying to say the positive side. And the, the positive side is that you see the influence that the, the how a father's values can influence the children. Something which is by you is a matter should automatically come a matter by your children. They respect it in you that you you match you something. They respect you for the one for having that level and we matter they look up to you for it. That's the role. That's the level of reverence we're talking about. Yes, there are areas where we have to improve ourselves. We'll still talk about that. But first, think about those areas where you're strong. 
Think about that's areas where you're strong. And like I said, strong isn't the fact that I have strong opinions about it. Or I can give brushes about it. The area I'm strong is the area I'm consistent about. The area I'm consistent about, because that's something which shows that it's important to me. It shows I'm always mafid on that. It shows a certain mahalak which is, which is always there. This is the Pasuk in Mishle. The Pasuk says, Hoylech betumoy tzadik, asher bonav achorot. When a tzadik goes betumoy, he goes perfectly in a certain nekodah, asher bonav achorot. His children are fortunate. When they see their father being mafid on something always, being consistent about something always, betumoy, betumimus, always, then the merit becomes a value by them also. If they don't see that in their father, sometimes he does do, sometimes he doesn't do, they're not going to see it as a man. It's something which you can do when you feel like it. It's something which is, uh, when it's convenient, yeah, when it's not convenient, no. Okay, so therefore the first point, into your role. Think for yourself. You don't have to take the whole Torah at once. Think for yourself, which points to start with? What do you consider tacky important? Something which you always make to be careful about. Something you, you prepare to be moist and nefesh. If it's difficulty, if it's time, if it's money, whatever it is. It's something you prepare to be moist and nefesh on because this by you is a, a value of primary importance. <coughs> Chances are, it's something you learn by somebody else. Like I said, that's what's impressive by somebody. What's impressive by somebody is when you see the, their level of minor, what they consider important. And how much they stick to it. That's what attracts you to this level of the reverence you have for somebody is where you see a certain a certain mail about somebody. And I'm not talking about some ability which is given by Hashem. That's something which is unique. Someone has an amazing voice. Somebody has an amazing kayakum explaining whatever the point is. That's not the person I see. That's a skill that Hashem gave me. Where I see the mail of a person Reverence for a person is where I see that person, how that person is, is strong about something, how that person is consistent with something, how he always does it. In simple words, how he's reliable. He sticks to that, whatever matter it is that he holds up, that's something which is impressive. And then at the other, think for yourself also, that when you have those, those areas where you map it about, where you put an effort into, Think of it as a, as a, a point that you're doing for your, even when your children are small. But think of the, that consistency as something which your children are going to respect. It obviously, that's not the reason I'm doing it. I was doing it anyway. But it's an area where you can imagine your children are going to continue. They're going to see from you what's important. They're going to learn from you, where you, where, which things are, so to speak, uh, areas which uh, need were are worth the effort, the mysterious nefesh, whatever it is, and naturally they'll do the same. Very often, very often, when parents come to complain about things that children are doing wrong, and they're willing to talk to you, and you can open up a discussion, you will see that whether they admit it by mistake or they admit it on Badafka, you will see it's exactly the same thing the parents are doing wrong. Just it disturbs them more when they see their parents, their children doing it. But Batson, they're doing the same things too. And the father comes and says, My son never gets up and down for Tavri. 
Every day I come home at 10 o'clock in the morning trying to get him out of bed to say Krishna. Now, what, what's the story with him? What? And often as you go into the discussion, and you ask the father, tell me something, what's your tefillah like? How much are you most in average for tefillah? I'm not saying always. I'm saying very often you'll find it's a recurring problem. I'm talking as the, again, in the yeshiva, he talked to the parents of Bachrim. The son doesn't want to learn. He's not interested. What kind of chilech did he have in Chashiva Satara? Very often you'll see it's, it's something in the family. It's, it's recurring. They never learned at home Chashiva Satara. I'm just giving you those examples. It's not always, and I'm always, not every problem is the parent's fault. But I'm saying it's a big part of it. It's a big part of it. Other, other. Something the parents tackle consider important. They're most in their fish for. The children see a chashivas him. Even if the children can't equal their parents. This is the, the parents. Maybe that's something the parents put years of his life into achieving, whatever it is. But at least the chashivas is there. They see the man in it. And what then, when someone, when you seen as a balmaila, and you're talking about a topic which people see that is real by you, so then dvarav nishmoy, you have the ability to be, to be able to give advice, to give direction to others, because it's, it's understood it's coming from a place which is emes. <coughs> okay, so therefore, to sum up, what you wanted to talk about tonight, ends with this, is we'll talk about other points of how to develop the level of what we call Imav Aviv as well. But the first point is the areas where we consider important. The areas where we consistent. Where we prepare to make an effort. Those are the areas where we can expect our children to be able to learn from us. So the areas where we definitely make an effort are the areas where we can expect our children to naturally look after us and learn from us. For them, it's a kibbutz. They're their kiyom. Like we saw from Chaim Shulevitz. It's their kiyom of each imam of Tiro. But for us, it gives us the ability to be able to use that koyach in order to direct them, in order to advise them also. Next week, we'll talk about more Practical examples of this uh, yisoid. The first principle we spoke about tonight, which is the deity, the, the most important one, is the musag of those areas which a person makes of himself. And like we said, those areas where a person shows commitment, and those areas where a person has that constant level of commitment, that it's something which he does always. In the world of Musa, it's the dargo we call nemonus. The difference between a person who does a mitzvah and a person who's nemon. Nemon means reliable. Sometimes people can do things, but when they're in the mood they do, when they're not, they don't. And there's a different dargo of a person's nemon, which means he can be relied upon to do it. Which means oh, he'll always do it. And that's better than what we're talking about now. The level of... The level of... Uh, where you see a man in somebody, is where you see it's his nemo. You see it's something which he always does. That shows something real by him. And if you see, and I'm going to finish with this, whenever you look to the biggest praise HaKadosh Baruch gives to a human being, 
It's always the fact that he's Nemo. That he does good, that he does something exceptional, maybe. But that's not the biggest praise. The praise that he's a Nemo, that he always does it, he's consistent. Two examples, the praise of Maish Rabbeinu. The whole base is Nemo. More than anybody else is Nemo. Now, second example, I was trying to type it before I can say it, is Bavram Avinu. The same idea. That somebody who is consistent, somebody who can be relied upon, that child is someone who has a mind. That this is important to him and therefore he'll always do it. That's the most of being an animal. And the last example is by David Melech. It's the same you said. And that's uh, the same thing. Those areas where you always where you'll be consistent, you'll always be careful, you'll always do the right thing. Those are areas where you naturally have a mind, a unique mind, something which is right for Shava, something which is right to look up to, something which is right to try and emulate. And the first ones who are going to be able to see that are your children, because living with you the whole time, they can see which of your minders are always there, which of them are sometimes there. Which of them are only there in the public setting or when they're guests around the table? And you may learn accordingly what's really important and what's not. So, there's more to talk about, like I said, but that's what we're going to discuss tonight.